Hey, basketball fans, it's playoff time. The NBA play-in situations made the stakes bigger than ever, so the promotions are bigger than ever over at DraftKings. Every day of the NBA playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get you a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering you players a free shot at, again, twenty grand in total prizes. All you have to do, DraftKings, free player pools, easy to enter. Download the app. Go to pools, choose from a wide variety of free contests for opportunity to win these prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions about what you think is going to happen during that day's games. And then, you know, of course, track your results throughout the evening and cash in. The questions are range from which team hit the most threes to which team scored first. So, hey, get your, get your uncut gems on. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, welcome back to the Protect the Nest podcast. Today, we got a special guest with you for, uh, for today. We got Coach Kyle Rohn from the University of Southern Miss. Coach, thanks for coming on. Uh, hope you're having a good day. Tell the, co- tell the people where they can find you on social media in case they want to check out more of your work before we get started. Well, pr- appreciate you having us, Chris. Obviously, uh, through through Southern Miss at, at our site, southernmiss.com. I also have a, a personal uh, Twitter that's uh, uh, Coach Rohn. Just that that simple, and uh, then there's some different social media outlets that are directly from our southernmiss.com site that covers our, our men's basketball, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, those kind of areas that can divert straight from straight from our website. Right, Ed, I, I checked out the USM basketball page. Y'all were tweeting out at least once a month that one of your players, you got a freshman of the year, Mr. Pierre from New Orleans, a couple other players that were – you know, getting honors weekly. The program did pretty well this season considering the pandemic, wouldn't you say? You know, I I think obviously in terms of uh, everybody, when you mentioned pandemic, to even have a college basketball season, Chris, I think is, you know, for for everyone that's involved in college basketball from from the ground level to our our institutions, to our leagues, to the NCAA, and and obviously to the fans and the people that made it happen, I think it's a great thing uh, that we even had it. And it had a season and even got to the tournament so with that being said i think we did have have success obviously we're we're, we're building in terms of uh, trying to have more success in terms of record and wins and losses but just to make it through and everybody be healthy and for us to travel uh and and have the have the events that we had this year was was a special moment because it's at one time at point in time it looked bleak in terms of college basketball having a having a season it did uh- Coming through this pandemic, it, everything looked bleak for someone it, somewhere in there. You know, we all had our rough moments. And to get through a season like that, you have to really love the game. So to, to get into a more personal question, can you talk about what made you first fall in love with this game and led to you beca- becoming, you know, one of the best coaches in, in the region? Well, I don't know that. Uh, humbly, that may be too big of an intro. But, but uh, you know, that's easy for me uh, because I, I grew up in a very uh, – um, 
I say athletic slash education household. I was very fortunate to uh, to have a uh, family structure that uh, uh, through through education and through my, my my dad was was a coach, and I grew up in a household that that's really all I knew, and uh, didn't have any other hobbies basically other than playing athletics uh, uh, and and basketball being probably the most uh, not that you know we, we you played everything kind of back in the days in the, in the 80s and 90s when I was in school but but basketball was was what my dad coached so that that was kind of turned into a specialty so at an early age I knew what I wanted to be Chris um, uh, so I have to I have to say because of the the, the, the family structure that that's all I knew as I as I came through as a, as a young young child young man that's what I knew that's what I grew to love uh, by, by participating and seeing the impact. Uh, that a coach can have on have on young men, and uh, that that's that's what I that's what I always wanted to be. Once once I got old enough to, to start to steer my to steer my path, you know, career wise. And uh, um, so, with all that being said, that's probably the, the the mentor. And then obviously, I got a chance to play junior college basketball, and uh, and then your mentors just kind of start from there. Not only do you have high school impacts with administrators and. And, and coaches outside of my, my household uh, coming through high school and then to get a chance to play junior college basketball and, you, and, and then you start really getting into a whole nother branch of your career in terms of being around uh, uh, sets of coaches so to speak that that kind of start to to steer your path so that would be my base my foundation and and once that started then immediately when when that that career was over I got right into coaching um, had just some tremendous people along the way that uh, uh, not only not only gave me opportunities, but I also had people along the way that just supported me and had uh, some great advice for me. And then more so than anything, just kind of uh, just the experiences and uh, and and the, the that teach you lessons that I've that I've been able to gain through being able to be in the game basically all my life. So that I feel blessed because um, this is a this is a profession that I don't I don't take lightly. I I take it as a as a as a uh, not a not a job because I feel like I haven't ever worked a day in my life, and I think there's not many people that can sit here and have that conversation with you, Chris. That go punch a clock or have something that they're miserable in. I, I have enjoyed every day of my professional life because I love what I do, and I encourage that to, to anybody out there, whatever that profession is, enjoy what you do. And to young people and players that try to get into coaching, it's that's that's a tremendous deal. That because you gotta love it, you can't. Obviously, our our, our 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 profession has gotten to where it's much more financially rewarding if you get to a certain level. But that's a certain elite group of, of, of coaches. But there are coaches that that are doing it the right way because they're doing it for the right reason, and that's not financial based. And uh, and those those are still some 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 guys that uh, that are the that are the foundation of what we have. So to be able to encourage people to love what you do every day. And for me to say that I get to do that every day is, is a blessing. And I, and I think, I thank the game every day. I think the people that have helped me every day, my family that, that, uh, that has kind of directed me through where, where I am now. And I've been fortunate. I've been through all sorts of levels of basketball and places basically in the Southeast, but, but super, super, super blessed to be in a, being a, a, a role of a, of a college basketball coach that can impact kids every single day and, and on and off the court I'm referring to Chris because I take a lot of pride in just uh, young men growing up to be very productive citizens in society which I think is a is, is something that kind of tries to get erased in our profession but it but it's basically the foundation of our 
profession. So I, I, I'm excited. I hope you can feel that about what I get to do, what I have got to done, and hopefully what I what I get to continue to do a long time. Oh yeah, you can tell the, the excitement's there, that the engagement's there. Uh, that that's all coming off very well in the in the video. But I've had coaches that on this other previous series that say if you're a basketball coach, coaching basketball shouldn't be your top priority. At high school, the junior college level, and even the mid-major D1s, you're more trying to build up the person more than coaching the basketball, even though we're in this more specialized environment with, you know, with basketball, any sport, really. Absolutely, and I hope you heard that in my, my message there as an introduction. That's m- much more of what I think that we, that we get um, – uh, that we benefit from uh, different different individuals are different, but as a whole, what what one of the main benefits that coaches get is to be able to see young men develop into into productive citizens. Now, there there is a certain percentage, small it may be, but of guys that will continue in in uh, uh, into some form of basketball uh, even further after their careers are over, whether that be a high school or college, and and those are unique individuals, and and we all put our arms around those. But it's a number of guys that is a lot larger percentage of the pool that we deal with every day that that uh, uh, that allows the game to impact them even even when their careers are over. And, uh, you know, the, the camaraderie that you have with relationships in terms of being uh, being on a team. And that's whatever level that's that's wherever you're at a, at a travel travel ball level where you get to be packed in a 15 passenger van and make trips and you learn a lot about people that's if you're at a a junior high that's if you're at a high school type platform and and you get to make those uh uh the 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 seasons as they unfold and you grow as a young man from a freshman to a senior and you you grow with each other and you learn about people and then you get into college you're able to impact so at all levels our profession as coaches have a have an impact that we do not even know no we 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 realize it but there's times that we don't know and and the most special things is when those a simple text or a call or you meet somebody on the street or in a restaurant and say hey coach man i appreciate you and you know 1998 you were this and that and 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 now and you see their family with them and they're grown and they and they have they're very successful in their lives and uh those are those are huge. Now, obviously, we get evaluated on wins and losses, you know, through our through our superiors. Absolutely, is that. But that's an unbelievable feeling when you see people uh, have success. And, and then, to be honest with you, life's not always fair. We have we have people that may have been very successful in basketball, but may have hit some potholes in life and uh, uh, or, or, or encountering some obstacles and. Another thing that's great to see is being a group text where, where people are really uh, supporting supporting maybe a particular individual that that may be going through something tough in his life, um, and you still see that camaraderie come out 20 and 30 years later after after being a, being a locker room with them as a player. Now that now we have a basically a locker room of family with trying to support somebody going through something something tough. So you even, you even see those stories that are. That are very exciting too, or very rewarding. That's not exciting to see anybody go through anything, but very rewarding to see people still come to come to rescue, so to speak, in terms of uh, what a bond can do through through uh, through basketball or sports in general. And then to add a, a separate deal, even even some people around your institutions that may not be directly related to you as a player, that I think we can impact. Um, and, and and those are those are people in the community. Those are people, other students in your school, maybe other 
other staff members in your school that you may may work with it i think a coach has and there's a statement out there that somebody made so i'm not trying to steal anything but i think a coach i i, I i'm passionate about it i think a coach has exponential the impact on uh on, on, on human beings and, and the uh, positive growth of our society as anybody there is. I really do. Right. It's a great responsibility that comes with a great opportunity. And, but with that comes the, the joy of doing something you love. So you don't feel like you were working, uh, on that end. And you can, you can touch as a coach, a student manager who was a walk on may never play, just wants to learn the game. That may actually be another coach in the making. Uh, I've seen that on the soccer side. Very true. What you just said is what I was trying to allude. You gave a very specific example. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, building from, from that one player that may never play to the professionals we were talking about, let's look at it more in depth. What does that first practice look like so you can build that locker room that's a family? Surely there's a little bit more tough love in that practice than, uh, say, the first recruiting visit. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question you just, you just stated. And, I, and I'm going to go back to that initial meeting, that uh, first uh, uh recruiting visit as you said and I, I'm going to use the word genuine and sincerity and uh, I, because there is there is and I'm going to give you a little bit of insight to us also Chris and, and myself a little bit because I, I, I want to have a personal slant to it if I may not represent everybody but I know I represent our program but when I when I talk about genuine and sincerity I think if you go back to that first initial recruiting visit and, and work our way up to uh, arriving on campus and and obviously uh, getting to the practice that you alluded to. If, you, if, if you're if you genuine and you're sincere, we actually do not call it recruiting. Um, we actually call it relationship building because I think there's a huge word there that I keep saying genuine and, and sincerity that umbrellas all that, and that's the word trust. And uh, I think, I think if, if a young man in conjunction with his family, in conjunction with the people that are advising him through the process, are comfortable and can feel can feel your genuine and sincerity statements and actions that that you're that you're supplying them when you're giving them information about uh, ourselves as a staff and we're giving them information about uh, uh, you know our campus and our program it can't be a it can't be a salesmanship now do we have to be a good salesman absolutely but it can't be total salesmanship if you understand the difference it 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 has to has to be able to be be yourself and by by being so passionate i am able to be about being about myself i am so passionate about southern miss that i can honestly sell southern miss in a genuine way versus be a salesman to some abstract item and uh because of that i think when you initially make those visits when you initially make contact with family and kids per ncaa rules when that date starts to happen and, and, it, and it moves, I think the more you be yourself and you're not acting as if or not portraying, being portrayed or portraying yourself as someone that you're really not, I think there's a much better uh, transition from recruit, so to speak, even though we call it relationship building, that transition from recruit to now first day of practice, first day of campus, those things that happen, there that transition is so much smoother because you're yourself and and they know you now all of that because of genuine now now accountability at practice accountability every day it's not it's not such something that's so different um from oh this is not the guy i met you know the the the, 
the quote story that we always know of, you know, you meet somebody and do a recruiting visit. And now all of a sudden this is a, this is a demon. <laughs> this is somebody that I didn't know. Now he's at practice and barking and whatever their style is carrying on. But obviously if you're genuine and you built that relationship and they know you and you know them, which is what recruiting has to be. That's why it has to be relationship based. Then all of a sudden that, that, that first day is just a new place, a new platform for us to continue our relationship which goes into the first question you asked, and that's how you, that's how you impact people. So I, I think those words are key to making that transition. Um, when, when, when you said kind of tough love, I'm going to use accountability. So that when, when, when that kid and that family trust you, and we know every day is not going to be 72 degrees and sunny, and there's going to be good and, good and bad days and on campus, there's going to be good and bad days on the floor. Uh, uh, there's going to be good and bad days outside of, uh, going to our dorm, going to our apartments where we live, that, that it, it, it could be some, some problems socially. It could be some, some problems uh, with, you know, with the, with the girlfriends, what I mean, type things. It could be in the classroom. I, I struggle uh, and I'm not doing really well. I feel like I, I can't find my grip. Well, I'm genuine. We're, we're, we have a relationship, so we know we can work our way through it, get extra help through, through tutors, academic advisors. Now, all of a sudden, we get another support system, get it going. There's, there's days on the court that's not as good uh, as others. Um, and, and with, with, with uh, uh, our relationship now, we can work through those uh, when, when we have to hold guys accountable in any of those areas on or off the court, that there's trust now. And they know you're actually, actually uh, uh, giving them feedback or, or, or doing things or giving them directives because you care. And I think how they receive that knowing that background means everything because I think if, if they, if a, if a young man or a family, whoever involved as a group does not feel that way, it may not be received in, in such the way that could be helpful for either the program or the young man moving forward. So I, I take it back to those words and that official visit to get it to now to where you can see now when accountability has to become in life. And, and it does, there, there is no way we can be successful without accountability in anybody's life. And when that, 18, 19 year old freshman hits college campus, maybe, could be based on family structure or community, maybe the first time that accountability has ever hit him. Because a lot of times we're dealing with guys that have had success to the utmost or they wouldn't be at our at our level. And we don't know anything about their makeup, uh, uh, you know, what they may have had. They may have never done wrong in practice with their coach. We don't we don't know that. Now all of a sudden they're they're you know they're they're matched up with a 24 year old guy that sat out two years and transferred and he's a, he's old and they're not may not be having as much success and, and and you have to work through things like that. So trust and being genuine is so huge to where we can move through those battles together and also the good times to keep somebody grounded and I, and I think that's trust also. I, I wish I'd have had that last point when I was in college, the good times and the accountability. I, again, I played college uh, soccer. And in high school, going from Belgium in 1998 as an eighth grader to ninth grade winding up in North Louisiana, the accountability wasn't there for the good stuff, so I didn't know how to handle the bad. And when you touched on that, that, that really hit home for me. And I've also, uh, to, to segue to the next point, Coach Roy Poplin from uh, Delgado has told me several times, you can get talent in the building. If you want to, if you want to be a salesman, but they're not going to let you coach them until they know you care about them. I totally agree. And that's what I basically spent our time saying, Coach Roy put it best. That is, that is exactly right. 
but there's still some people in our profession that, that maybe does not uh, uh, agree with that as much, and that's fine. But I, but I just think that's so true, so true. Right. Hey, those people can do it how they want to. If you, you're feeling the authenticity with what you're doing, build it out with those standards, and, and you can't go wrong, in my opinion. Uh, on that note, how did you build out this team during this pandemic that was so impactful to the season? How did you learn? What did you learn for the team building, the bonding, the relationship building? And will there be any lessons learned from this quarantine style season that you can carry forward to other seasons, so you can? you know, that will transfer once we get back to normal. Uh, that, that's, that's a great one. Also, Chris, um, to, to, in general speaking, COVID taught us a lot of things, um, um, because that was one time we were all held accountable in our life in, in terms of being restricted from a lot of things that we, um, that we kind of go through that, uh, uh, used to thought was maybe necessary, but that became totally, um, you know, maybe, very optional in our lives in terms of seeing how we can live without them. So in general, I think COVID taught us that. And how does that relate to our teams? Well, it, it, it almost tried to take away a lot of team bonding activities, as you said, or team, because obviously if you, if, you know, COVID was a big deal of distance, you know, and, right. and I'm taking that word, not literally, but, but really figuratively it, 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 it's what it did. I mean, look, look at sidelines on college basketball events this year. It was totally different. I mean, you, we had three rows deep. It was like a theater over on the sideline. You had no, you know, shoulder to shoulder interaction like we, like we like we usually do on the bench. So even that was changed. Uh, the, the the amount of minutes that we could meet, you know, as a group um, uh, without masks. So there's even something as major as seeing facial expressions that is big in, in interaction. So to be honest, we uh, team bonding was was kind of. Um, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a small way and, and, and not an intentional way, it was almost tried, almost kind of was removed a little bit. So as coaches, I think we had to do do, do a lot to be careful um, to not let that uh, slip into our teams, into our locker rooms, uh, uh, because we always preach against individualization and those type things. And almost COVID almost put us there. So we were kind of battling what we had to do. Uh, to get through the season, but we're also trying to still keep that that team concept uh, alive. And a lot of that, the positive to, to basketball and on the floor, we were allowed to do that because that was the one time we could be um, with each other and uh, within within the rules and uh, was uh, was kind of was on the floor and and, and interacting. You know, the, the times off the floor was more where they more or less the the, the, the medical rules were telling us to stay away. And uh, so we had to be real creative um, with uh, the amount of time we could spend together, but also maximize the time we could because of offsetting it. And if we did have somebody during COVID that that fell into the medical uh, limits of, uh, of maybe a you know a contact tracing or a positive test, um, we had to be careful. Um, as you mentioned, quarantine a, a young man being away from you 14 or 21 days is tough, and. Uh, uh, it's almost like an erasing a family member, and so we we had to provide him uh, some some structure and some communication uh, uh, with through virtual as we're you know kind of as a camera like we're doing now, just to, just to where he could have some some interaction, and then also had to kind of educate the the people on our team uh, about people being away and, and and constantly coming in and out and trying to keep it as as stable as we could. During a during a time where things weren't as stable, so it was a 
it was a, a very trying time to, to, to maximize all those things that we that we know we have to do as a coach, but we were given uh, strict medical instructions in terms for us to carry on with our with our team and with our season that we had to work through. Um, you know, in general, we learned we learned a lot of that, learned a lot about ourselves in COVID that some things that we saw thought were necessary were not, and some things that we may have took for granted um, really really came to light. So I so I think it kind of slapped slapped a little bit of slapped a lot of us around about some little things in our life that we do take for granted. I do give COVID credit for that. Right. It, it, it lets you know what you take for granted. It lets you know how, for me, using your time more efficiently, things like that. Uh, hopefully some of that got transferred, you know, to other professions. I believe it did. But looking at just your team, every season is a challenge. It, it, unique as it may be, just as unique as the roster for that year. Besides for winning games and championships, which is the, the big goal, how do you help set goals for your team and the individual players? Like a freshman might need to just get acclimated but a senior's goal might be to graduate. No, it, it, first of all, it, it, as as a as a team, as you said, you have to realize that everybody's um, everybody's unique, and uh, in terms of personality, in terms of where everybody's been, in terms of where everybody's headed. Uh, so once we realize everybody's unique, uh, we it, it's our job to kind of uh, mold everybody into one. And we talk about each team having an expiration date. We actually talk to our guys about that from the first team meeting um, until the when you finish out your play in, in whatever tournament, conference tournament or postseason, whatever that may be, that that's, that's the life of your team. And within the life of that team, that's, that's as together. But at the same time, handling, handling individuals, success is based on on where each of those, each of that success is met as, as an individual, as you mentioned, a freshman coming in may have a different point of, of success or a different point of, or a different goal, I'll use your words, that, that a senior may have in terms of within that, uh, uh, before that, before that team expires, because we're using that expiration date. And, and within that there's growth. And, and, uh, I think you start early and probably have to have more support, uh, from our standpoint, from coaches, with young guys, and, and I don't mean just young. I'll say this with new guys to the team. Uh, it could be a transfer now as the transfer portal is such a huge issue. It could be a transfer. It could be a junior college uh, transfer, or it could be a high school kid just coming in for his first time at Division One or first time on a college campus. All three of those guys in different ways, it could be older in age or where they're, where they're coming from, we, we, we're obligated to help them through that process. Uh, a, a freshman may be something as simple as um, learning where a building is on campus, um, where, whereas a, a kid that's been in school before may, may be a little more acclimated to how uh, an academic service for athletics works. And, and so we may have to make it get him plugged in a little easier. We're a freshman. We may have to guide him through a little more. But ultimately, we have to... Uh, uh, provide a certain amount of structure for each individual in terms of their goals and where we, we want them to reach. Now, in terms of where they want to go, we can allow them the opportunity to start thinking what they want of themselves. Obviously, we want to give them a lot of freedom to have some uh, choices, have some thoughts on what they want with their life, what they want with their career, what they want out of this year that we're talking uh, that has about an eight-month expiration period of a team so we we want now within those dreams and within those thoughts 
it, we want we want to kind of invigorate that thought or energize uh, a young man's uh, own mindset to be what he wants to be. Now, we also, I think, have to provide guidance if something gets a little bit out of bounds in terms of his thoughts and processes, in terms of what we see as his real reality, without, without carving away any dreams or any aggressive thoughts, we may have to at that point step in and kind of give some, give some information that may make his thoughts a little more grounded. Or we may have somebody that we think is kind of not being not being aggressive enough with their thoughts that we kind of realize that that he that we can maximize his his potential a little more, um, and so at that point we may have to you know provide a little bit of uh, of, of of energy in terms of his, in terms of his thoughts because I think there's nothing worse in our sport or anything in life than than the word potential and uh, being a being thought of as what you could be but really having a big gap of, of where you are and where you could be. And uh, so at that point, we have to provide a little support. So I think we have to kind of squelch sometimes some wild thoughts, and I think we have to fire up sometimes a little bit of uh, uh, some lazy dreams, so to speak. And uh, within those goals, we, we, you know, we want to go through each year and, and provide them, whether that be life, whether that be academics, or whether that be basketball goals. We have, we have each individual, we have to, uh, I think, uh, evaluate differently and provide from our from our position of a, of a coach, a mentor, and that at that stage of their life, we have to provide those two two things to them. Either either some some energy to a lazy goal, or some squelch, maybe some things that may be out of bounds that we can see them setting themselves up for failure. Right. I had a coach back in the day to to reference it. He said if it, the potential was a big hit, he said if you you sit around listening to people talk about your potential. You'll get complacent, and that's the fastest way to lose touch with your dreams and your goals. Very true. I like that. <clears throat> that 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 really hit me and changed where I was at in my career, not just with soccer, but with my writing and everything else I've done since then. That that day with that coach, he and you talked about it earlier. He might not even known that's what I picked up on, because <clears throat> it was more of a speech to the group. It wasn't tailored towards me. But I picked up on that maybe more than so than something else they wanted to pick up. So, again, going back to your first points, being a coach, you don't know what the players are watching, so you have to show them, show them the right path every day, and they'll, they will follow you once they see that. Very true. So, Coach, uh, this is a New Orleans podcast. Don't want to keep you too much longer. We're coming up on the half-hour mark. USM Southern Miss has been bringing in some of the best players from New Orleans for the past few years. It's how I actually started paying attention to your program was writing about Tyree Griffin. Now seeing Jerron Pierre and his freshman of the, you know, freshman honors winning all that. I'm sure there's going to be more from this city to follow in their footsteps. I hope they make it to a program and his coach uh, that cares about them as much as y'all do. But being immersed in the Gulf South basketball scene for the past 20-something years. How would you say the perception of New Orleans has changed in basketball circles, if at all? It, it... Well, you know, I, I think I think I can I think I can really uh, answer that in a good way. First of all, we're very proud of of uh, of the guys that have been successful at, at at Southern Miss from New Orleans, and I could go back a long time and mention different things. But you you, you mentioned Tyree, you mentioned Jerron, and obviously we can't talk about um, um, recruits in, in right. terms of uh, uh, rules, but. In general, to answer your question, we 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 value we value at such a high. Uh, I can't tell you how much we we think of the basketball 
in the New Orleans area and, in, in, and New Orleans and even if you surround it with, with using the term metro. But we, we really do, and, and, that, and that's, that's a credit to the schools. That's a credit to the coaches. That's a credit to the grassroots people that, that uh, provide them at a young age with opportunities to, 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 to get exposed and to build up, to, to build up their, their avenue in basketball. And everybody around, the families, anybody, the, the people that, that follow uh, New Orleans basketball, all of that in, a, in terms of uh, in a group, we, we value. And we, I mean, there, there's uh, obviously, you know, we have a recruiting model and ours is always inside out. Well, we don't have to go far from our inside out to get to New Orleans from from our area. So it's almost it's almost so regional. We view it as such a positive to be able to to be able to recruit uh, New Orleans so so easily in terms of geographics. And uh, we've had great success in that in the past. And when you said being immersed in basketball, I have seen um, New Orleans basketball for a long, long time from my first time as a coach. Uh, uh, one of my first recruiting trips was to New Orleans as, as a young junior college assistant. I'll never, never, never forget. And uh, uh, some High School in Kennedy, I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, it's just that was, that was back in the early 90s as, as a young coach and getting to see the, just the competitive spirit among schools, among individuals. And, and, and I don't think it's changed. I think it's growing. I think it's getting stronger and stronger. The tradition and the national, uh, the national, what I'm describing of how exciting New Orleans basketball is and how good New Orleans basketball is, I think, from coaches and players, that it's got national recognition too, Chris. And, uh, you know, I think obviously if you talk about how has it changed, if anything, I think I think it's grown in, uh, in terms of uh, how much – how much competition is is within the city, and and how 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 per capita or per population, how many guys are coming in there and having an opportunity uh, to uh, further their careers and not only improve their lives through through, through basketball with, with with scholarship opportunities. Um, so I th- I think it's grown. Obviously, like everything, I'd be remiss to hit it took a it, 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 to to hit on it took a little hit when Katrina came through. Uh, I was I was close by when that happened to New Orleans. We we actually had New Orleans guys on rosters during that time, so I saw I saw the impact it had. But but I also saw how how fast you know when you talk about NBA team having to relocate your your UNOs your 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 two lanes the the, the inner city schools having to go to different states um, just to continue, and the city was just at a, at its lowest. A point probably in recent history and, and but just to watch it come back and and all of a sudden watch education slash basketball pull pull the city back up so to speak I mean we all remember that Monday night when the Saints played right you know that the, they got back going out I mean that regenerated not only the city but the, the whole nation and uh, so I think at a, at a that's a, obviously at a bigger school but but you at, at a bigger setting but it, on a on a on a level that we're talking about basketball has got and back going and grown since then. If you look at that, and it took a terrible hit, but you, you you know you all hear the story of Eric coming back after after the hurricane and, and getting going, and now you got people back and uh, finding shoes and uniforms and getting a chance to have that brotherhood that we're talking about in those locker rooms and play. So to watch it grow back from that and now to be, I think, uh, uh, escalated not only from how we first knew it prior to that to now how we know basketball now, and now you've got. Now you've got situations of uh, 
of young men coming out of there and getting getting great opportunities. Um, it's a it's a huge 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 identification point for us um, because I think obviously um, we obviously are very aware of what's happening in New Orleans and, and and vice versa. I think the New Orleans kids and the New Orleans guys in Bible basketball are aware of what an opportunity we have less than two hours uh, north of there, and uh, which I think is a great great opportunity. So. It's 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 huge in terms of our uh, where where we where we take our recruiting interest and uh, is is to New Orleans and 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 a, and a thank you to all the people that made make it possible for those young men to, to have those opportunities without being able to say anything illegally and you mentioned some on here this the people that the people that mold people's lives from from high school coaches to trainers and and educators uh, uh, parents. To, to get to where we are, it's 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 great, and uh, we we've seen success stories uh, from New Orleans kids that have have come to Southern Miss and how it works, and from from being able to be able to work at two or three junior colleges, be able to recruit New Orleans and have success with those guys. I've worked at three or four institutions um, that that have really had a priority in terms of recruiting New Orleans uh, that I that I've worked for every one of them. That's been a target. So I, I can't say enough about. Um, what we feel about the, the the marriage that we could have with all the all the people involved that, that deal with basketball in New Orleans is uh, for for us is very high and I can also speak I I know there's there's quite a people that feel the way I feel the way I do about New Orleans basketball. No, oh, surely, surely. And coach, uh, thanks for the kind words. Again, uh, we appreciate you coming on, joining us here, rec- and building these relationships. Uh, again, one more time, if you want to tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, how you follow the program. Uh, we'll let you get out of here. But hey, again, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Chris, again, for having me. Coach Roan, and that's R O A N E. Um, and that's my Twitter handle. And then uh, uh, com is our basketball website. And from there, you can go into into all uh, branches of, uh, of social media. And Chris, thank, thanks, thanks so much for, for having us uh, on the podcast. Yeah, hey, I look forward to getting up to a game. Now that we got sold out playoff basketball for the NBA, I'm looking forward to that college atmosphere that you can't get anywhere else uh, coming back to campus. Very much. You're always, you're always welcome. Appreciate you, you reaching out. Hey, thanks so much.